As we dive into our episode, you may notice our topic has shifted. While we hoped that our next conversation would focus on Canada-U.S. trade relations, with the dialogue continuing south of the Canadian border, we decided to move that discussion to the new year. I'm Duncan Sinclair, and this is Courage Incorporated. It's no secret that COVID-19 has had a major negative impact on historically underserved communities. It is a daily reminder of the racial injustice that is a lived reality for so many of our people. And it is a call to action for people whose privileged status has made them blind to the reality of other citizens' lives. As the Black Lives Matter movement and related protests ignited around the world, several corporations issued statements condemning anti-black racism and affirming their intention to support black and people of color owned and operated businesses. The Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce has been working tirelessly to keep Canadian businesses and governments accountable for taking action against anti-black racism. The economic prejudice suffered by black entrepreneurs is generational and needs real, lasting change. I admire the work of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce, and I asked Andrea Barrett, president of the organization, to join me in a dialogue on Courage Incorporated to talk about the challenges black business owners face and to gain her insights on how Canadian governments and businesses can lead with courage and build a more inclusive culture and economy together. Andrea, thank you for taking a break from all of the important work you're doing to speak with us today. Thank you so much, Duncan, and thank you for inviting me on. I'm very happy to be speaking with you. Your leadership roles are prolific from serving as the president of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce to co-founder of the Diversity Agency to your work as a public speaker and communication coach for women and young entrepreneurs. Can you tell us about your leadership journey? Where did it begin and how did it grow? So when I think of my leadership journey, I think it takes me back to high school. I was the president of the Ontario Students Against Impaired Driving. I think that's where I first got my uh, taste of leadership. So that probably was grade 11 or grade 12. And it's a cause that is important to me, doing everything we can to prevent drinking and driving and the deaths that result. Then from there, I became the president of the student council at the high school I attended, which was Earl Haig Secondary School, loved the school, had great time, great experience, and learned a lot about leadership at that stage. So again, having the opportunity to work with different stakeholders, so students, different community groups, as well as the administration at the school, and again, doing what we could do to advocate on behalf of students, pushing forth their causes and their needs, and just learning teamwork, how to work well as a leader. So from there doing some work, spending some time in leadership positions at various organizations. And then here I am at the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce, where I have to say I'm having a great time and really learning a lot. So when I take a look back on my leadership journey, it really goes back to high school. So starts off president of uh, OSED, president of the Student Council, and today president of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce. Andrea, for those not familiar with the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce, could you tell us about the organization and what it does? So we represent 
Black business owners and non-Black business owners right across the country. And our goal and our mission and our purpose is we believe in economic empowerment through entrepreneurship for the Black community. We feel that we are underrepresented as entrepreneurs in some sectors and some industries, and we want to be the voice of Black business and promote everyone through networking. We do a lot of advocacy. We do a lot of training, and we also do trade missions. We have 600 members right across the country. And we have chapters and members from coast to coast to coast and in both languages. So very proud to have 600 members joining the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce. Andrea, who were the most important role models and mentors who really inspired you as you went on this path as a leader from your early days in high school and then how you continue to build out your professional life to the roles you're in today? Mm, That's a good question. So when I think of my early influencers and early role models, my grandmothers come to mind, both maternal and paternal. I've seen these women lead their families and lead their businesses. So not formal business owners, but doing what they had to do, running their business back in Jamaica to take care of themselves and their families. So doing whatever they needed to do to be successful. So as we look To our 10th month of the pandemic and a number of cities and provinces experiencing a second lockdown, what conversations are you having with your members? Duncan, we're having tough conversations. So I clearly remember the middle of March. I remember being in the living room and I remember watching the news and then the phone didn't stop ringing and the emails didn't stop coming in. It has been a very, very difficult time for all cultures, all ethnicities, business owners right across the country. The advice we give to our members is you're not alone. We are here for you. So at the chamber, we do our very best to be a resource, to be a hub, to provide information. We may not have it at the moment, but we advocate. We will pick up the phone. We will call. We will email. We will do whatever we have to do, write letters on their behalf to get the information to help them through. We know that some industries pretty much are decimated. So I'm thinking of tourism. I'm thinking of the hospitality industry. So our members in those particular sectors, we, you know, it's tough. So we do what we can to help them transition into other industries or connect them with other people where they can do some collaboration to maintain some sort of revenue. We help them with connecting the dots on where to get funding or where to get resources or where to get advice. But, you know, I it's hard to find a good news story. I'm, you know, there are a few businesses that are doing very well. Either they're providing PPE or they're in the healthcare field or in the technology field, but everyone is having a very difficult time. Andrea, how has the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce pivoted during this challenging time? Could you give us an example of what your organization is doing to help your members? Sure. So we're doing a few things, a couple things we're really proud of. So again, as soon as the pandemic hit, we mobilized. So all of our programming turned into online programming. We immediately partnered with Shopify and offered a workshop where we could teach people how to open an e-commerce store, how to set up the platform, because we wanted them to be able to stay in business so that they could continue doing what they were doing, even if they had to close their doors. So it was surprising to me the number of our members that didn't have an online store or didn't consider this in their business model or in their their next strategic plan. They didn't have this in the, the forecast. So we felt really good that we could offer this solution to them in, in terms of this partnership. We've also 
offered weekly webinars where we're connecting our members with people who can truly help them. So either connecting them with a bank to help them walk through loan processes or funding opportunities were out there, or connecting them with digital marketing strategists who could teach them tips and techniques that they could use to stay in touch with their consumers. We've also developed really strong partnerships with some members of Corporate Canada. For example, Facebook Canada reached out to us and have partnered with us or are collaborating with us with our a loan program. So we are running a Black entrepreneurship loan program to help Black-owned businesses that have been impacted by COVID-19. So Facebook offered us half a million dollars to support the businesses in our community. So we are running the program where registration is open. Our applications are on their way so we can help people do what they can do for the early part of 2021. Andrea, that's terrific. Are you involved in any government initiatives in addition to business-led programs? We've also sent a proposal to the federal government probably around June of this year, advocating on behalf of our members looking for support and funding. So it was very encouraging to hear the Prime Minister make the announcement in September that the federal government was launching the Black Entrepreneurship Fund. So this is a fund that is a $221 million fund that will be used to support Black business owners in our community. A portion will go to a knowledge hub. Um, We don't collect any race-based or disaggregated data in Canada. So this is the opportunity we have to get information, data, so we can synthesize it and really understand where our business owners are, what their barriers are, what opportunities are out there for them. Another segment of that fund goes towards Black-led organizations. This money is used to help build capacity so that organizations like the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce can do what we do best, which is to support Black business owners. And then the remaining third goes towards loans. So this is money that will actually get in the hands of business owners to help them retool, retrain, transition their business model, buy some inventory, but will help do what they can to be a part of the recovery when we get out of this pandemic. And that sounds like a really exciting initiative. And I, and I think it's a wonderful testament to what you and your organization have been able to do to create a really positive opportunity during the time of this pandemic. And I'm wondering, you know, what gaps still need to be addressed in your mind? And are there other ways the federal government could help? Yes. So I think the biggest gap uh, we see is in terms of procurement. So we've identified that procurement is the fastest way for business owners and particularly business owners in our community to survive and thrive during this pandemic. So Black business owners are generally underrepresented. And again, because we don't count, we don't do any race-based collection, we don't have the proper data, we don't know exactly how many businesses there are and how many businesses are in uh, supply chain working with the government. The government is the best client and the best consumer. That's what we educate our, our members to believe. So we've asked the government and we've advocated for more procurement opportunities for Black-owned businesses. It's missing now, but I I think it's coming along. The more and more conversation, more and more advocacy, we now have a seat at the table. So there's an opportunity for us to get more procurement deals. That is what's missing in our community. And that will help significantly. Andrea, our listeners may be familiar with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce or one of the provincial chambers. How does your organization work with the wider chamber network? I have to say, Duncan, we've been 
well-received and supported. I feel like arms have been outstretched and people are willing to help and support us. Great opportunities with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. They recently had a, a diversity event where they invited members of our chamber to participate. They want to help expose our members or Black-owned businesses to the greater business community in Ontario. Also had great referrals from the Canadian Chamber of Commerce where they've allowed us to connect with some other organizations that have put us on panels so we can represent our membership and connected us with organizations that need to be more diverse or provide opportunities. We've also had companies reach out to us with all sorts of things. People are reaching out to the chamber with um, job descriptions. If they're hiring and they want to have a more diversified pool of people to choose from, we're constantly getting job postings. We are now receiving board placements. Companies are looking to diversify their boards. They're reaching out to the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce for a place where they can reach new people. They recognize that we are a multicultural society, and when they take a look at their C-suite or their board of directors or their organization, they recognize that it's not as diverse. And I appreciate and I'm encouraged that they're making the effort to be more diverse and are reaching out to the chamber to help expand their networks. Andrea, do you think the call to action from the Black Lives Matter movement and Black North inspired some of these shifts you're experiencing? I'm calling it the post-George Floyd moment. So we all saw the murder of George Floyd. And I think globally, there was a gasp. There was a, a recognition of, oh, I've heard this has happened before, but now I'm actually seeing it. Now I know what you're talking about. Or just blatant disgust. So to me, it, I felt like there was a, a global gasp. And then I saw companies, organizations, government mobilizing to make change. So we saw what happened on social media. Then we saw these organizations just appear or become created. So Black North Initiative, I think, is a great organization. And I really respect Wes Hall for creating that. Reaching out to corporate Canada, asking them to do their part. Asking them to take a good, hard look at their C-suite, their boards, their employees, and even their interns, and just ask themselves the question, are you as diverse as you could be? Take a look at your hiring practices. Take a look at your recruiting practices. So I appreciate an organization that Wes Hall has created that is doing just that. So what that moment did was put a spotlight on the Black community in all aspects. People are looking at education. They're looking at justice. They're looking at law enforcement. They're looking at businesses to see what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Are we doing enough? I think it's a good start. Casting agencies, advertisers, corporate Canada, the government, everyone is making an effort to be more diverse and to be more inclusive and to recognize that we are part of the community. We're your customers. We should also be your suppliers. We should be your business partners. We are a part of the economy. There's more work to do, but I am encouraged with the start that we have. Andrea, what are some of the biggest hurdles Black entrepreneurs face in starting or scaling their businesses in Canada? We have a history of systemic racism in this country. There is systemic racism, which is embedded in a lot of the policies and procedures that we have today. It's in our education system. It's in our justice system. It's in our healthcare system. It's also in, in commerce. One of the conversations we've had with some of the banks in terms of why we, there isn't more wealth in the Black community stems back to 
once upon a time not being able to own property. So if you weren't able to own property back then, it impacts the amount of wealth you have now. There were and are some systematic barriers that have affected our wealth and that have affected where some of us are in society. Not everyone. There are Black business owners that are doing tremendously well and very successful and at the top of their industry. But as a whole, we have to acknowledge that our community has been impacted. To this day, I still hear stories of Black entrepreneurs who are challenged with financial institutions. They will go into a bank, they will either apply for a loan, or they will simply try to withdraw money from their own bank account. And they are met with uh, resistance and hostility and a lot of questioning that you don't think a person of another color might be receiving. So that, unfortunately, is, is still going on today. Andrea, when you consider all that's happened to the Black business community over the last several decades, do you have hope that we can fix this? Absolutely. I think it has to do with education and it has to do with awareness. So again, now that we're in what I'm calling the post-George Floyd moment, there is tremendous awareness. Everyone is almost not hypersensitive, but just aware. They're looking through things with a different lens and a different perspective and making sure that we are righting the wrongs and that we are truly being diverse and including everyone as a part of the Canadian economy and just everyone in the Canadian society. Andrea, switching gears for a moment, what reactions did you have to the federal government's fall economic statement? What are the bright spots you see for the Black entrepreneurial community? And what do you think is missing? Well, in the financial update, I did hear the minister talk about the Black Entrepreneurship Fund. I did hear the minister talk about procurement and that there would be procurement pilots going on. We are hoping that one of these pilots is targeted specifically at the Black community. I did hear funding for the tourism sector, which has been so... Tourism, arts, and entertainment. Those sectors have been so hard hit. And we have a lot of our members and, you know, a good portion of our community are in those sectors. So hearing that there will be opportunity and funding for specifically for those groups is really important. I did also hear talk and um, encouragement about women. So we talk about the she-covery. So that is for all women of all ethnicities and cultures. So that was also very encouraging to hear. The fact that a Black business or the word Black was mentioned in the update, that is significant. In years gone by, that didn't happen. So I feel like we're moving forward. What was missing? You know, Duncan, that one's hard. There's no playbook for this. The deficit is astronomical. It's hard for me to say more money should have been put in a certain area. We don't know what the future holds. We're in the second wave now. Could there be a third? Could there be a fourth? Because we don't know, it, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's difficult for me to say what was missing, but I'm very encouraged with what I heard. So, Andrew, what do you believe Canadian business leaders across all industries and all parts of this country need to do now to do a better job of supporting Black businesses? What is working today, but what do we have to do to do it better? I would encourage Corporate Canada to go in different streams, go to different places to do some recruiting, reach out to different post-secondary institutions, expand your network. Do you have enough people in your network that are diverse and that can help connect you with other people, other partners, other organizations? I would also want to mention that look at your consumers. 
And then look at your suppliers. If you are in an industry where you it's very multicultural, I think your supply chain should also be multicultural. So look out for different suppliers, reach out to different areas, tap into different networks. That's where you'll find new people, new opportunities, and more diversity. Andrea, what gives you hope in a more economically inclusive Canada for Black businesses and business owners and, and the Black community can be achieved? I believe in Canadians. I believe that we are in a different time. People are doing some self-reflection on, you know, what they're doing and how they can contribute to a more diverse society. So I'm, I am very hopeful. I believe that we cannot get through this pandemic unless we do it together, together as consumers, together as business owners, together as a Canadian society. So reaching out to different Black businesses, look at your procurement, look at your supply chain, being more diverse, just giving us an opportunity to work with you, sell to you, be your consumer, be your board member. I am very hopeful. And what is your vision for the future of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce? If I close my eyes and think of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce in the next five years, I think our membership is 10,000 strong from coast to coast. There are chapters in every single province booming There are young people getting into entrepreneurship. They're creating, they're designing, they're innovating, they're incubating. I see strong partnerships with other chambers right across the country. And I see us being treated like the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. So when a policy is announced or a bill is passed or commentary is required on some business-related issue that you know, the media or key stakeholders think, okay, let's call the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce and find out their perspective. How is this affecting the Black business community? I want the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce to have a strong role in trade. I want us to drive economic trade into the country. I want us to be responsible for significant economic growth in key sectors that help the Canadian economy. You spoke earlier about some of your role models How does it feel to be a role model for Black leaders and entrepreneurs of tomorrow? Well, Duncan, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. If someone considers me a role model, I am flattered and honored and I say thank you. I hope that I am demonstrating that, you know, you too could be the president of the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce or the president of any organization that you want to. One of my favorite sayings is you can't be what you can't see. So if somebody sees me in this role, I hope that gives them encouragement that they too can be in this role or they too can lead any organization that they want. And if a young entrepreneur asked you what it meant to be a courageous leader, what would you say to them? I feel like it means to stand tall and to walk strong and to boldly go. It means that you have ideas, you are not afraid to fall. It means you are open to trying to do new things in new markets with new people. To be courageous means that you are open to doing things a different way. It's not the same old, same old. You're willing to try new things and you're willing to try, you know, changing the paradigm to get to your end goal. So we're recording this uh, in December of 2020, coming towards the end of, you know, one of the most challenging years in modern history. And I'm just wondering, as you sort of think about the allies of the Black community getting ready to start making plans and resolutions for the coming year. What do you want them to resolve to do to be a better, stronger ally to the Black community? What do you need allies to do more of in 2021? 
I would say the first thing is to recognize that you're an ally. So I think there are some silent allies out there that have good intentions and support us, but they're supporting us from a distance. I'd want them to be courageous, come forward and reach out to us. So reach out to us on our website or send us an email or just let us know you're out there, that you're supporting us from a distance. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, I think we can measure with uh, KPIs. At the end of 2021, look at the numbers. Look at what your board looks like. Are you more diverse by even one board member? Look at your supply chain. Have you incorporated a Black-owned business in the bids and tendering process or as a part of your supply chain? Do you have at least one more Black business person there? Look at the organizations you partner with. Look at the chambers you're a member of. Have you move the needle in any respect and have the numbers change. Those are two messages I would have for our allies at a distance. Come closer. We want to know who you are and the current allies we have today. Well, Andrea, this has been a wonderful conversation and I really appreciate the time you've given us today. As a final question, can you share any final thoughts on how we can become a more inclusive Canada where the whole country can engage and support the current and next generation of Black entrepreneurs? I'm going to speak dollars and cents. A more inclusive and diversified economy is truly a more profitable economy. There have been studies and research reports show that when you have a more diversified company from employees to your suppliers to the whole totality of it, you become more profitable. You're driving up your revenues. That's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing is being more diverse will help with innovation and creativity. There's so many positives that come out of being more inclusive and and more diverse. So I will leave you with those. And Duncan, I want to thank you for your time. And thank you so much for inviting me on. It was lovely speaking with you. Well, thank you, Andrea. Congratulations for the great success that you've had as a leader of the Chamber of Commerce, and thank you for all of the wonderful work you continue to do as we move our country to being more inclusive and more prosperous together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Courage Incorporated. We all bear the responsibility of building a more inclusive economy and world. So share what you learned here with your friends and colleagues, or include it in a rating and a review. We'll be back in your podcast feed in the new year. Until then, stay safe and be courageous. I'll speak to you soon.